Welcome to the Different Thinking Podcast with your host, Zach Hensrud. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to episode number nine. Episode number nine, the customer is always right, right? I, I love this episode uh, because it actually takes me back to my childhood. I'm going to share a story that has nothing to do with customers, but it's where I first learned this principle. Um, and I can't wait to share that with you. But to start off, why are we covering this topic in this episode? Well, if you remember the uh, definition or the mission of Different Thinking Podcast is this is a place where creativity is welcome. Conventional wisdom is tested and challenged and where growth and development is nourished. This is this middle part of that, where conventional wisdom is tested and challenged. This has been an adage for years if you've worked in retail, service work, if you worked in uh, any type of business. The adage of the customer is always right is something that is taught, uh, shared, passed down through the ages. And why do I say passed down through the ages? So let me share a story with you. I was about eight years old. It was the middle of the night and I got awakened. <laughs> my, my grandfather, uh, what a wonderful man, just uh, he woke me up and he looked at me and he said, hey, Zach. The alarm is going off at my work. I, I need help. Come with me. And so uh, I got into his uh, big F-250 Red. It was, it was one of those trucks. It was really cool. We uh, drove down to uh, Seattle. And he worked at that time uh, at West Marine right off of Mercer Street. So right at the beginning of... Uh, of downtown Seattle. It's like Mercer street is where the space needles at. If you're familiar with Seattle. And so I just remember that we entered the back door and I uh, turned off the alarm and he, he went to this box that had a bunch of oars, these plastic oars. And he goes, okay, now we got to make sure that there's no bad guys in here. Now, mind you, I'm eight years old. <laughs> and so he hands me an oar and I took I took it seriously. Like I put that thing on my shoulder. I had a tight grip around it and I was looking for some bad guys. Like I was going to start swinging and uh, we walked around the store and I just remember it being dark. I don't know why it was dark. I, now that I think about it, I'm like, why didn't, why didn't we turn on the lights? I, I, I don't know, but we walk around the store, no bad guys. So we put the oar back, he locks everything up, makes sure the front door is locked, we get back into his truck like I said, this has nothing to do with this principle, but I'm awake. My heart is beating fast. We just tried to save the world or at least West Marine. And he looks at me and he goes, I want to share with you with something that uh, I think is very, very important for you to always remember, especially when you start working. He goes, Zach, the customer is always right. The customer is always right. And I, I wish I had an opportunity to dive in deeper with him of why that moment? Why did he say that? Now being an adult, I, I, I realize that it may have been because usually we like to add wisdom to children, like share wisdom with children when it, something's facing us. So I'm wondering if that day he 
dealt with some difficulties and, and he's still thinking about it, having gone into work. And so I went off on my journey as an adult and getting into retail and then into service work and then into more service work with the real estate with that idea, the customer is always right. And you see some large corporations such as Costco, Nordstrom, those are more local organizations for uh, the Washington area where I live currently. Uh, and I know they're all around, so people will recognize that name, Nordstrom's and, and Costco, where they have that adage when it comes to return. Uh, you know, Mr. Nordstrom used to say, it didn't matter if uh, someone's bringing in tires, we're going to take those back, even though we don't sell tires. It, it's There's an expectation of having an amazing service for clients, we want them to feel like they can be right. And so with that in mind, if you're a business professional and you run a company and you're listening to this, you're already screaming inside your head or maybe in your car or maybe in your office, people are kind of looking at you. The customer isn't always right. There are times where the customer is actually very, very wrong. So am I just supposed to be steamrolled? Am I supposed to just take this? Am I supposed to am I supposed to just take this conventional wisdom and say, "You know what? That's what they everyone always says." So I might as well just do what the customer needs and lose, you know, lose money on this transaction or uh I just need to, you know, uh take the loss here, return the tires even though we sell t-shirts, you know, uh because that's what that's what the conventional wisdom is. But this is the different thinking podcast. This isn't the conventional thinking podcast. So why don't we apply different thinking to this, what we would call conventional business wisdom, right? Is the customer always right? Should we have that mindset? Because we know as professionals, I say we, you listening, myself, know that the customer is not always right. That actually, when they're wrong, they can be wrong intentionally, like they're trying to be fraudulent about it. I'm sure there are people that have showed up to Costco and Nordstrom's and openly returned stuff that they know neither of those places have sold, but Costco and Nordstrom has just smiled and go, okay, yeah, absolutely. Just go enjoy, right? Because they didn't want to lose a customer. But you're a small business. You can't, you can't take on those losses. You can't take on those 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 dif- or difficulties, or you're, you're a service person. You can't you can't all of a sudden just start discounting the job. You can't start changing things after purchasing non-returnable items, or already after you've done some of the service work, and survive. So when the customer comes to you, because when everything goes according to what is planned and expected, there's no issue. Let's go ahead and say this. The customer's always right when things are right. I mean, that is for sure. They're happy. You're happy. You're going to see a great survey score. That Things are going to go according to plan. Usually when this conventional wisdom comes up is not when things are going well. It's when expectations are missed. And we talked about that, or I talked about that in episode number eight. Uh, last episode, Houston, we have a problem. How to overcome missed expectations. So you might be thinking this is a little bit of a repeat, but it's not because last time we talked about how does your team overcome this? 
Now let's get into how do we connect directly with the customer? How do we connect directly with them and really get to the bottom of it? And that's why point number one out of the three things that we need to do is ask qualifying questions. So if you're taking notes, this is a great time to write that down. If you're in the car, please do not write that down. If you're on the treadmill, I've seen it. I've seen people try to write something down on while they're running. It's not pretty, so don't do it. Re-listen to this. But point number one, ask qualif- uh, uh, qualifying questions. And what do I mean by that? I mean, don't just ask blanket questions. Ask questions of where did we miss? What, you know, can you explain to me what the issue is? Well, I bought these tires. I, I, I just need to return them. Okay. Hi, we're Nordstrom's. We don't sell tires. Now Costco does. So that's different. That's why I'm not using Costco. We don't sell tires, right? Or let's, let's actually go into something that's a little bit more what your speed is. Cause we're not, listen, the Nordstrom's are not listening to this podcast yet. The folks at, uh, at Kirkland Signature Costco, they're not listening to this yet. But it's one of those things where you want to ask qualifying questions by this simple process. I hear that we're missing expectations with you. Can you share with me what went wrong? Okay. Then customer starts to share what went wrong. Okay. And this is what's called active listening. And I know I've covered this before, especially in, in um, that last episode of, of Houston, we have a problem talking about active listening. This is more or less, we can active listening, but now we need to ask qualifying questions. So we need to ask things like, so I hear that this is your main problem. Is that correct? No. Okay. So I I must have misunderstood you. What is, what, where did we miss that expectation? Where did we miss uh, serving you? How did this product not work for you? And allow them to dive in further. Then from once they share what has happened, start to ask them how they feel about it. So tell me, now that we understand that it's because you know, the, I, the hope was to put the cabinets in by Tuesday and here it is Wednesday and we still haven't received them yet. And now we, we did let you know of that back order, but tell me, was there a certain expectation that you were trying, or was there something that you were trying to hit as far as, um, a, a deadline? Do you have like a party coming up? Well, actually I'm glad you brought that up because we do right? You, you can start to understand, you start to open this customer up a lot more. There are sometimes by asking those, those, uh, qualifying questions where your customer is actually just wanting to vent and they're wanting to get it off their chest of how they feel. So as you start to ask more questions, tell me how you feel about this. So I can better understand how does this make you feel? Well, obviously it makes me frustrated. That's why I'm talking to you. Okay, perfect. I needed to know this. What would make it better? Well, this would make it better. Okay. Uh, I learned a lot of this in the, in the automotive repair business. And what would make it better is I'd get my car back. Well, unfortunately, this part isn't available. So I, I can't get you your car back 
right now. I have an option where I can put the broken one back on and then you can come back and do that. No, 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 I don't want to do that. Okay, that's totally fine. Let's let's keep working through this. So you ask those qualifying questions to really get to the bottom of it. Then you, then you take uh, ownership. Point number two, take ownership. And what I mean by that is whenever an expectation is missed, there's opportunity for you to grow. A different thinker knows that. They know that there's always an opportunity for you to grow and for you to uh, get better. And so take whatever that ownership is. Don't overown it, but take some of that ownership. Now, for me, this is the word track that I would use is in my business, it's very important that customers are satisfied. Now, with you not being satisfied, I have failed in that mission. So first of all, let me apologize for you not being satisfied. I now fully understand where we missed that expectation. And I fully understand how to correct that in the future. And so by taking ownership, uh, what you do is you start to rebuild that trust. Because I've shared this in other episodes and I keep coming back to this, but I think it's very important that as a different thinker, you have to understand this one principle. People have emotions and those emotions are very, very valid. You're never going to overcome emotions by being opposing to those emotions. What do I mean by that? You're never going to get someone who is frustrated or angry at you, happy with you or satisfied with you by attacking those emotions or by being defensive to those emotions. You only do that by creating a space in which you can recognize how they feel, sharing that it's very valid that they feel that way and what you're going to do about it. And that brings me to point number three, which is not only do you take ownership, you come up with a direct solution. Go as far as you're comfortable of going, such as this. I'm, uh, if we were building a house, cabinets weren't in their back order. I kind of made mention of this just a moment ago, and I know that's kind of confusing because I, I brought up a lot of different examples. Cabinets aren't going to make it in time. So our direct solution is we can either uh, go find another cabinet maker cancel these, but you had said these are very important. We can wait for them to come in or we can find some sort of alternative that will allow you to do your party while we still wait for these cabinets and allow that these are the three options. And this is all we're willing to do. A lot of times what people will go to is they'll be like, I'll give you a, a discount. Now you can do that. And maybe that's what makes them satisfied. But when you ask qualifying questions, there's some folks, no amount of money is really going to satisfy them. They're just going to go, okay, that's the solution I'm stuck with. But if you hear them out and you take ownership and you say, okay, th- here's our three options. Which ones would you like to take? Now they own the process and they go, you know what? <sighs> While I love those cabinets, let's see if we can get something else. And then when they learn, okay, it's, I can't get something else. I'll just wait for these. We can make it work. Not ideal. And again, they're not going to necessarily blame you. They're going to understand that this is part of the process. When you're in service, you know, there are times where it's like, okay, this is what has happened. This is how we're going to overcome it. And this is what we're going to do next. In retail, uh, it's something where the product didn't quite work, right? So you're going to find out what went wrong. How, How can we do it better? Especially if you are a small business where you're reliant upon 
each and every item, right. To, to really maximize that profit. It, it's something where you really want to make sure that you're hitting those customers expectations because it might be a flaw with the actual product and you might find a better product for them and better serve them. So make sure that you're asking qualifying questions that you're taking ownership and coming up with a direct solution. Now we're all going to come across those customers that are never satisfied. I mean, we get them on, uh, when even that where they're satisfied and they don't, when they get that customer satisfaction survey, they still give you a four out of five or nine out of 10. And you go, Oh, what could I do differently? And they say nothing. It was great. I just don't rate people five out of five or 10 out of 10. Cause I feel like there's other opportunities or they just were never going to be satisfied with the service or the product. And so with those folks, uh, I do highly, highly recommend when it comes to point number three, you set it, you set those direct solutions. If none of those solutions fit with that customer needs, cut bait and the relationship. It's not worth the, the stress, the effort to have an unpleasant experience. Now, while we all can say that, I know it's a lot easier for me to say that behind a microphone, but I found that every time that I'm able to cut bait from or, or you know, cut that relationship from a, a, a customer that is very difficult uh, and move on with my life, it's been much better than getting it to close, you know, uh, getting the transaction to finalize, the service to be done, the, the product to be purchased, and then just have a dissatisfied client because you're going to continue to hear about it. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you got something from it. I'm very excited. I want to give you a forerunning of what's going to be coming up next. Uh, next three episodes, we're going to be doing a three, uh, I'm going to be doing a three-part series on uh, some, the pillar principles, I would call, from Coach Satema Nolly. And if you don't know who Satema Nolly is, you need to connect with him because he is one of the most powerful individuals I have ever met in my life. And in different thinking, there are three pillar principles uh, that he taught me personally that I want to bring to the podcast. And we'll start that in episode uh, 10. We'll, we'll share another principle in episode number 11 and finalize one more in episode number 12. So I hope that you will stay tuned for those episodes coming up. I hope you enjoyed this one. And remember, today is a great day where you can apply different thinking. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I hope, I hope that you have a great day. Take care.